Hello, it's Andrew May and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Do you know when you are getting close to burning out? In this Bite Size from episode number 12, Dr. Tom Buckley and I discuss what burnout is and Dr. Tom goes into his experience working in healthcare, which has a really high rate of burnout amongst its workers. In fact, the first burnout research, the large studies, came from hospital settings and is also closely linked with a term called compassion fatigue, when you're doing everything for everyone and you're not nurturing or you're not looking after yourself. We also discuss that while burnout is more likely to start at work, it is very likely to impact and spread to the home, which can lead to this feeling of fatigue, and burnout and the end game, it can be disconnection in all parts of your life. I mentioned the long form podcast episode, I've been close to burnout twice. So I'm very passionate about this topic and making sure that when you listen to this, you put in proactive strategies because you really can do a lot to build a buffer in your life. We also cover that. Well, I've read recently as well, it was in the AFR, so it was a reputable distribution or a reputable publication that up to 50% of the workforce now is showing signs and symptoms or telling their employees they feel burned out. Now, we've worked together for 17 years, five different business iterations. Last podcast we did, there were some things you told me that I had no idea about. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've got that to go with again today. But before we go through your experience on burnout, and then I'm going to pull the red thread on that. Can you please explain what is burnout? And secondly, what is the difference between burnout and high levels of stress, anxiety, and depression? So start with easy questions. eh? Burnout is not a disease. I think I'm just going to start by saying what it's not. The the World Health Organization classifies burnout as a syndrome. And there are key characteristics of this syndrome. I mean, the first one is physical and emotional energy depletion. and, And our listeners will know what I'm talking about there. Secondly, chronic exhaustion. Thirdly, increased mental distance from their job. And that can often be expressed through negativism or cynicism. And fourthly, people have this feeling of decreased personal accomplishment. They're the key characteristics of this syndrome. Mm. And when I have been on the verge of burnout myself, and you and I have worked with thousands of people with our online assessments, hundreds in our high-end human performance assessment, we'll get into that in a moment, but, but when I've been there or when I'm working with people and we're working with people together, it's that extreme emotional exhaustion, isn't it? It just feels mm. hard. Going to the shops and getting the groceries and taking them inside is a big task. Uh, you just feel, no matter how much rest, when you push yourself way too far on the burnout continuum, everything's hard. It is hard. And I think one of the difficulties with burnout, I mean, we tend to think of burnout and the term has been coined from uh, job burnout. I mean, I would argue, and I think you would too, that you can burn out from many different ways. And you work with a lot of elite uh, sports personalities, sports stars, champions, and and they can suffer from burnout. You might argue that their job was their sport, and of course the burnout's coming from that. But on an individual level, you can have relationship burnout. You can have uh, burnout from many different triggers. But I think predominantly looking at the body of research out there, it's coming from a body of literature from the healthcare professionals, which is now being recognized as not necessarily unique to healthcare professionals. I think one of the things you've got to ask yourself is why why do 
do help professionals suffer burnout. And if I start to tell you some of the things that have been shown in really good quality research studies, I think our listeners will start to associate that in their own life. One of the first things is workload. Workload has been shown to be highly predictive of the risk of burnout. Pressure, health professionals work under pressure. That pressure can be constant and that's a real trigger for burnout. Health professionals work in chaos. You, you spoke earlier about working in ICU. You can predict the next two minutes if you're lucky, and even in that two minutes, you might have saved two lives. So, so chaos is another factor. So there's a degree of unpredictability that contribute to burnout. Then there's things around systems, resources that can actually influence people's um, satisfaction at work. And we see this in the health system where often we often say the bureaucracy gets in the way of good healthcare delivery. And that can really frustrate clinicians and can become a real source of burnout where you have to do so much clerical work and you think, well, I didn't do 10 years in, in university to learn how to fill in a computer form, but actually there's a reason for it and this is how the system works. Shift work is a big factor for health professionals, um, as it is for many people who in today's 24-hour society, it's not just hospital workers. Well, I was going to say, what's the difference work. between shift work and mobile phone connectivity, where you are bombarding your sympathetic nervous system, your brain's in constant beat of brainwaves from 6 a.m. in the morning to 10 or 11 p.m. at night. So a lot of people are doing shift work. They don't even realize it. Yeah, and, and you know, we talk about shift work. We, we, we put the word work, but of course, you may work a long day in your, in your paid job, but then you go home and you have another job and another responsibility that might not finish until all hours of the night. So I think you know, those boundaries around day workers, shift workers. But we do have to accept that shift workers do tend to have um, other health challenges that non-shift workers don't get. Mm. Um, you know, shift workers tend to be five times more likely to suffer from depression symptoms and, and as many other, you know, physical fatigue as well with shift workers. Um, there, there are many additional stressors for shift workers which would make them even more prone to burnout. But one of the other things too uh, that comes up in the literature that it's often the little things, and I often often become aware of this at home. That the little things we all know, the little things at home, can get in each other's nerves. In the context of work, it's often those little things that trigger people into that road of burnout, and those little things might be like not putting the filling the paper back up in the the photocopying machine. It might be not changing the toilet roll in the shared bathroom. It, you know, those little things can grind on people. And when you put that into the context of pressure, into the context of unpredictability, those little things can become the triggers where people actually start to lose it. So for anyone listening to this, if their partner has said, put the toilet roll holders back or put that back in the drawer with all the peanut butter, does that mean their partner's on the verge of burning out? Uh, it might be that their <laughs> partner's trying to trigger them on the <laughs> Or, or maybe they're trying to stimulate a conversation. But I think, you know, if we take it purely from an empirical research perspective, people who have suffered burnout and, and we've, you and I have worked with many clients who've, who've been on the brink or suffer burnout, they will often be fixated on the little things. Mm. And it can be, a, a, you know, it can be a whole process to come back upstream to see why did that little thing trigger this perception of burnout. I had a client say to me a few years ago, I don't think I've shared this with you. He said... He feels burnout is like a piece of toast. And if you feel the toast is cooking and you can pull it out of the toaster. 
Okay, and then you can let it sit. But if you leave it in on five, you know when you go to a toaster, (laughs) like when we used to travel and you go to a hotel and you put it in and someone had the sitting on five and you've got burnt toast. And he said it was like that. He's trying to scrape everything back. And it was a really good analogy because I have read if people are extreme on that fatigue scale, emotional fatigue, sometimes they actually have to change careers. And interesting, just piecing together a few things you've said. Herbert Freudenberg, who's an American psychologist in the 1970s, studied your profession, the medical profession, where he first came up with the term burnout. But it's evolved so much more because it was just about work. And what you're saying, it's about work and life and family and fitness. And it's everything in our lives now because in Australia, Monday, 16th of March, when Morrison told us to work from home, that just put a whole lot of anxiety, a whole lot of pressure a whole lot of digital acceleration on everybody, and we weren't prepared for that. That's right, and and interestingly, people are still experiencing similar responses, and I find that phenomenal that actually, if anything, while we've prepared and we've done a lot of work to be able to work flexibly and we understand and people have probably built up their stack of toilet rolls and everything to be prepared for it, we're still seeing the same response. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence. Performance Intelligence.